This screen is huge, Michael. That's so what she said. Much room. <laughs> I've never had like a large screen. I've always had like two monitors. Well, not always, you know, but mm. two monitors was my my thing. But I've thought about getting like an ultra wide. You know, like a larger screen just because I'm like, initially I got the two monitors so I could do streaming, but I don't do streaming mm. all that much. So, yeah, no, I, I want at least, I have two screens right now, but I want at least one good one because the, I have two of the same model that I bought like, I don't know, five, six years ago, mm-hmm. eight years ago. I don't know. So, yeah, so I, I want at least one new one. That would be amazing. Anyway, I'm ready when you are. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 43 of Two Nerds, Maybe More. My name is Michael, and with me, as always, is Marty. Marty, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm just... did. Have you updated the show notes in, like, forever? Is this actually episode 43? That is my big question of the week. <laughs> Maybe you who are listening knows the correct answer, because it actually might be... Is it 44? Be... <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it might be... I, I've... To be honest, because we didn't update it last week either, so it might actually be 45. Oof. Um, this is an episode. Um, ep- <laughs> numbers have no meaning here. I don't care what number we're on, but it's another one. And we would like to open up by saying thank you to everybody for joining us on yet another episode. And... As always, this is a podcast about video games and all things nerdy. So, of course, we are going to start off with the things that we've been watching. And since my list is significantly longer than Marty's list in every aspect, I am going to go (laughs) ahead and start off. I can confirm it is actually indeed episode 43, just to get that important question out of the way. (laughs) I am going to start off with one of my one of my favorite shows actually that Netflix has kind of put out, and that's the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. You're which... welcome, Michael, because I have been <laughs> telling you to watch this show in forever, and it's not like it's like at the end of 2020 you finally got around to watch it, and now you seem like you love it, and now you're ahead of me. What the hell? Yes, um, it took me so long to get around to it, but when I finally did, I binged the crap out of it, and I watched the first three seasons really quickly. Um, and it's taken me a little bit to get into season four, which just recently came out at the end of last year, I believe. And I watched the first episode, and I'm already hooked back in. And mm. it's super cool because, I, like you said, you're not quite caught up. Uh, I don't know where no. you left off. Well, I've seen the the, the uh, uh, season three, so we've done okay. the caught up to, to that, but we haven't seen any of the new stuff because this is a, a TV series that, that I watched together with my girlfriend, so mm-hmm. uh, we haven't started yet because we have a, a bit of a larger project that we're working on, which is Star Wars Clone Wars, okay. um, so it, it might take us a little bit to get back on track <laughs> with, with this show. Um, okay, so then you know that like at the end of season three, spoilers uh, for anybody who hasn't watched it and is planning to, but you know that they um, they released like the Eldritch Terrors or like mm-hmm. that was the, the thing. So now it's picking up at that point, and I am a huge fan of like the Lovecraftian horrors. Maybe not mm. Lovecraft himself so much because he was a horrible human being, <laughs> but 
the writing that he did, um, regardless of the individual, it still stands and it's still great. Um, and then it spun off a bunch of additional writers who expanded upon this like idea of a Lovecraftian universe. And obviously we have like Cthulhu and Yogg-Saroth and all those other things. So um, we see it in culture all the time. So I love it. And now The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is jumping into that realm. And I'm very interested in seeing how they continue to. We've got, I got to see a bit about one of them at least on what their plans are with that. So it's been pretty interesting so far. I really like the show and uh, I'm pretty sure one of these days I'm going to binge it because I have no work on Monday, which means <laughs> that this weekend might be all it takes sometimes is me to just kind of sit down for like one episode and then I just mm. can't stop and I keep going. And these are hour long episodes for the most part. So yeah. it is quite an investment, but I really enjoy it. If nobody out there has seen the chilling adventures of Sabrina, uh, definitely jump in, watch them all. Yeah. Actually one TV series that, that I just, now that we started talking about it, I remember that I watched this week that I forgot to put on, on, on the show notes today is actually, uh, uh Star Trek discovery, the latest season. Um, because I really, I really, really enjoyed the, the new, Netflix series. I, I don't know how Trekkies feel about it. Uh, I really enjoy it. If you if you like sci-fi and you haven't watched Star Trek, you can totally jump in and watch this. I think it's so good. It, it's not super connected. There is obviously, if you're a fan or if you know of the series, um, there is definitely things that um, where you're like, oh, that's from this and that's from that and mm -hmm. things like that. But really, really enjoyed the new season. I, I finished it this week. The only thing that I'm really, really annoyed about is that that they chose to do like, hey, we release an episode a week, and and going back to the 19th century when it comes to television, <laughs> like what the, what the hell are you doing, guys? Come on, this is Netflix, this is a binge uh, network. Why why do you do it to me? Um, I'm kind of on the fence on that style because like at least like I'll go to like the Mandalorian because the Mandalorian does that, whereas mm. each week, and I love it and I hate it because it's like you watch it and you want more. Mm -hmm. But you have to wait a week, so it builds anticipation, and you kind of have that experience over a long form factor. But then with Cobra Kai, it was released on January 1st, and then I watched it all on January 1st. <laughs> and then now, instead of waiting a week, I have to wait probably up to a year or so for the next season to come out. So would it be better if they spread it out over time? I don't know, but I mean, it allows you to just watch as much as you want right i could have spaced yeah. it out myself but i don't have any self-control uh, yeah i mean that, i think that's the issue right self-control is the issue uh <laughs> because you know I, I really enjoy that you know that i can do things when i want to do things mm -hmm. i don't have to, to wait for it to come out i mean obviously it is still a step up i don't have to sit and wait for, for 8 p.m friday night and uh, to watch it i can still watch it whenever i want whenever i want to but having to wait until it gets out it's just it, it annoys me um yeah. because you know sometimes sometimes you just want to sometimes you just have you know five hours you don't know what to do with and then benching is perfect yeah, and then I realized that I should have been doing stuff in World of Warcraft <laughs> and doing research, but instead I'm watching YouTube videos. Uh, all right, so I'll move on to another Netflix series that mm -hmm. I just wanted to talk about because I think I've mentioned it before, but I didn't talk about the final season, which I watched a while back. Uh, this is a Drive to Survive, 
which is an F1 uh, drama type mm. show. Uh, so I gotten a few people into it because I mentioned it at work when I watched it. I was like, this is a cool show. Um, it's like, it doesn't necessarily focus on racing. Sometimes is difficult to get into like mm-hmm. watching it on TV because it's, unless you know the ins and outs of it, it just seems like they're doing the same thing for two and a half, three hours. It's kind of long and it's just not that interesting until someone crashes or something like that, unless you're in the sport. Mm-hmm. What this show does well is that it shows a lot of the behind the scenes drama that's going on, whether yeah. it's with the owners, the drivers themselves, the drivers and the other teams and the backdoor politics that is going on with trying to recruit drivers to your team and things like that. This show highlights all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. I un- I do understand that they're taking a certain perspective. So it might seem like, one team is a villain while the other one is a hero um, <laughs> or one team is an underdog and it's all about the way that they present it but there's uh, I think there's two seasons of it two or three I forget how many but mm. it's a really good series and even if you're not into F1 or you've never watched F1 or you're not into racing I suggest giving the show a shot I gotten my friend at work into it and then one of the teachers I was talking to her yesterday and she said that she had started watching it and I did not see her as the type that would watch this. And she even said, she's like, I'm not even into like Formula One racing or anything. I just kind of turned it on one day and then she couldn't stop watching it. So <laughs> if you haven't seen it, I suggest watching it. It's on Netflix, Drive to Survive. Yeah. I, I might check it out. I might check it out. Uh, it's definitely something <laughs> I could see myself just put on the other, the second one is when I'm playing World of Warcraft, for instance, because I think it's it's yeah. probably for me just light entertainment. You could be there in the background and you don't have to, you know, pay it 100% attention to it, I guess. It's, it's definitely that type of show. Mm. Um, you may find yourself paying more attention to it because you like hear some things that are interesting but it is one Mm. of those things where you don't necessarily have to be staring at the screen and Mm. seeing everything to get like 100% out of it like you're definitely it can be that second monitor off to the side yeah one thing that I also thought about was that you know you said uh, sometimes it looks like when 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 they're actually driving and if you're just watching them drive that this it, it looks like they're just doing the same thing for for three and a half hour and I'm just mm-hmm. like you know it doesn't appeal to me and then I was also in the same time thinking oh wait a minute I I watched the race world first. Uh, <laughs> on twitch and i just got you know the twitch of the twitch twitch of 2020 what i watched the most and you know mm-hmm. um one of the teams echo is the one that i followed and they're brand new so you know this race is the only time i've watched their mm-hmm. uh channel and i have watched 40 hours of the race to world first uh so i've watched them basically for 40 hours set up and play computer games (laughs) so i think like what it falls into is understanding of the sport and like Mm. being interested in what it is Uh, just like with the race to world first i used to have issues watching it Mm. because i was like this is not entertaining like they just keep wiping i don't understand what's going on but then as i got more into rating and learning more about positioning and mechanics and all these other things then it started to open up a bit more and i started to understand it a bit more and i was like oh like that's really cool look at what they're doing there or like seeing certain things and understanding like that's difficult 
Like yeah. the things that they just did, it looks easy, but that is very difficult. And I think it's the same thing with any sport. And mm-hmm. driving is kind of like that too, where I can now watch an F1 race and I can see like little things that they're doing and I can be like, wow, like that's a really technical thing that they did right there. And it has bigger implications than what you can see. Yeah. I mean, to me, uh, driving uh, races, stuff like that, is just amazing anyway, because I, I, I can't do it. I don't have a driver's license. I have no clue how to drive a car. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could ever drive like an F1 car. Like, mm. Even if I had the option, I think I would be way too scared because those things go really fast. And I don't I would just be going like it's a go-kart, super slow, just... <laughs> Uh, but it's really cool. I enjoyed the show, and I suggest that uh, you give it a shot. Cool. How about we get into some gaming? Oh, you didn't have another show that you wanted to talk about? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, let's, let's not get into gaming then. Um, <laughs> um, uh, a new show just released on Disney Plus called WandaVision. Uh, and it's the first uh, Marvel show on the platform. Well, I mean, not the first on the platform, but the fir- first one developed specifically mm-hmm. for, the, for the platform. And I don't know, Mike, have, have you checked it out at, at all? I have yet? not. I didn't even know that it was out. It, it all, the reviews, out. all the reviews that I saw, I thought they were like early reviews. Mm. <laughs> it came out on Friday. Okay. Um, and it, it released two episodes. It's so weird. <laughs> It is so weird. And to be honest, I th- we both thought, all right, when we saw the first episode, all right, this makes sense. They released two episodes to k- get you going. And I still don't know what to say. I still don't know what to say about this. Um, obviously, I, I, I know that, you know, other stuff is going, not, not exactly what's going to happen, that, but that other stuff is going to happen in, 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 you know, towards the rest of the episodes. But at the moment, if I didn't know anything about this show and went in and watched this, I'm not really sure that I was like, what the hell am I watching? Um, <laughs> because this is like a 60s sitcom. It's black and white. Um, eventually, there's some color. Mm-hmm. Eventually, there's some color here and there and specific elements and stuff like that. But um, no, it makes absolutely no sense. It's basically just, you know, it, it's it, it's it's a... a, a the, the, these two episodes is basically just two sitcom from from the fifties or sixties, something like that, and mm-hmm. that's it. Uh, <laughs> they are hinted that something something else is going on. They are hinting at it, um, but you haven't you, you haven't really seen too much of all that yet. So, I I do think it, that this is probably a show that would be great to binge watch mm-hmm. because this having to wait a week to figure out what the hell is going on that's it's killing me, man. It's really, really, really killing me. <laughs> yeah, the the trailers for it that I watched, or at least those commercials, I was like, what is mm-hmm. this that they're going for? Yeah. Um, my prediction, at least without even watching any episode, is that it has to do with alternate realities in some sort. Um, I think that's kind of where they're going in general for the uh, phase four. Mm-hmm. Because I think... Um, There's, like, the Spider-Man stuff that's going on where we have multiple Spider-Mans going on. I think there's, like, a Doctor Strange thing that's been going on. So that's my that's my theory, um, is that it has something to do with all of that. But I I, want to check it out, but maybe Hmm. I'll wait until until it's it's (laughs) all out, and then I could just binge it and just kind of watch it then. 
Yeah, I, I think it, it's definitely some. I would probably. I mean, I can't wait. I, I'll watch it. I'll, I'll be there every week. But I can totally understand if people want to wait a little bit and then just binge it. And I think this show is actually something that is probably best watched uh, while binging, um, because I, yeah, it makes no sense at the moment. Um, <laughs> one thing that I do have to say though, Disney Plus still is still growing up. Let's just put it mm-hmm. that way. There's a lot of times where I'm like, um, it, it thinks that I haven't. I've reached the end credits, for instance, and Disney Plus thinks that I'm still watching that episode or that movie or whatever because it doesn't... Who, who the hell watches all the credits? I mean, unless it's Marvel movies, who watches <laughs> all the credits? Um, so It wants you to show appreciation to the people that made it, Marty. Yeah, I know. I don't care about those people. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I do. I do because it, there's a lot of people involved, especially when the CGI and stuff like that involved as well, but... You know, I'm binge watching over here, right? I, I want to just go <laughs> ahead to the next episode. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll kind of bridge the gap here a little bit. Um, I've been watching a YouTube channel that I just kind of discovered like the other day. And mm-hmm. I kind of started binging it. And it's so weird and relaxing to watch this. But the title of the video, I think actually the title of the channel is like a city planner plays city builders. And it's a guy that actually works as a city planner, like as okay. his, as his day job. That's I think, what he does. I think I think those videos has been suggested to me, but I haven't watched them. <laughs> yeah, so I watched it, and he's playing um, at least the, the playlist that I was watching. He was playing City Skylines, mm-hmm. and he was building his city, and he was talking about all the different things that he was doing, and also giving background on how the game does it compared to actual city planning in real life and i really enjoy those type of things like seeing people in their expert like opinion talk about how a game does something and how like hey that's really impressive that they got that right or Mm. like yeah that's totally not realistic like that's (laughs) obviously for gaming reasons or movie reasons or something along those natures um and it was just really fun to watch. And I was just like, this is my life right now. I'm just <laughs> watching somebody play a game that they do in real life. And I'm like, this guy must really like his job because I couldn't come home and play school management or something <laughs> like that. Um, but it's really cool. I really enjoy it. And I think I forgot what the name of it was, but there are... Um, I think there's another channel called like professionals play games or something like that. Mm. And it's a bunch of different professionals that play games in their respective fields. Yeah. So I think that that stuff is pretty cool. I mean, it is pretty cool. It's something that I could totally see myself watch as well. I mean, just, just music reaction people as well. Really just love watching them. I found a new one recently um, uh, called the M- music shit. I think. Mm-hmm. Which is, is pretty cool. He's like a musician and, and teacher, music teacher as well. And he's just, he just has this energy. He's definitely has some ADHD or something. Um, I think he actually said he did have it as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you can totally see that when he's excited about something, it's it's just so great just watching mm-hmm. him get, getting excited about it. And then he plays the piano sidelong, the, the, the songs and tells you just random stuff and i just love it i like it so i could totally see myself watch the city planner play city builders or professionals playing yeah. whatever it is it's it's just something again easy easy to digest can have it on the second month so while you're doing other stuff it's yeah yes yes definitely perfect. Perfect. all right i'll pass it off to you 
All right. So I want to talk a little bit about Gloomhaven. Um, are you going to be talking about the board game or the electronic version? See, that's the question, isn't it, Michael? Yes, it is, because um, Gloomhaven was on sale on the Steam store, and Marty was supposed to get back to me on some of his research that he was supposed to do on whether or not I should buy it while it was on sale, and he never got back to me. You definitely Um, should buy it while it's on sale. I don't think it's on sale anymore. (laughs) And and then I noticed, I forgot who brought it up, I think it was Beerta, she betrayed you, um, that you've already gotten it. Yeah, I bought it when we talked about it. Well, you didn't tell me. You told me you were going to do research. <laughs> well, it was on sale, so obviously I bought it. <laughs> there were plenty of things on sale. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I want to talk about both actually. I want to because we, I got Gloomhaven for for Christmas um, and jumped into it, and it, it's it's quite an elaborate uh, board game, mm-hmm. but. Once you get the hang of it, once you... I mean, I guess that's how it is with most board games, but there is sort of like a, a steep entry level, but once you get over that hill, then it's it's way more downhill from there. Mm-hmm. Um, meant in a, in a good way, obviously. Um, <laughs> it's not downhill from there, but it's easier. It gets easier. Um, but, but it's still something where once you get to that point, then it's easy to start to get playing, but then it's also, again, difficult to master. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yes, yeah, so I've been playing this. Really, really enjoyed. My, my girlfriend and I has played through the first two. Um, it, it's like it's a long story. There's a whole map and stuff with with different areas you can go to. There's a story where when you go to the first area, then then you unlock the next area. Then you go to that area where you then again unlock two new areas, and, and you can. You know, travel around the map. The stickers you can put you put on the map to, to be like, all right, now we have unlocked this, this, and this. And uh, there's even like achievements and buffs and stuff like that. There's so many things. It's, it's really, really. It's a large. It, it's 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 an it's it's basically um, Dungeons and Dragons as a board game. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's even like your your character. You, you have like a, a, a life mission as well. Stuff you. you um, you want to do and when you've done it you actually want to then he retires that character retires and then you unlock new uh, characters and um, apparently I think there's some story tied into those as well because there is they, they are sealed and there's a reason for that because when you start Google these classes then it's like hey these uh, articles contain spoilers so beware so so I, I i have i haven't delved into what the other classes can do because of this and that excites me actually you know that that um you can unlock other classes and and um when, when you retire previous ones and things like that so it's, it's really cool but it's really elaborate and it's really really large so but really really good fun if you're into board games the box is huge <laughs> a lot of parts just want to put that out there we we need definitely need a larger table to be able to play this properly <laughs> i have i have a game maybe not as elaborate like this um i got it a while back um i think it was a gift from selena it might have been it's mm. uh, it's a harry potter game it's uh, the battle of hogwarts mm. and essentially what it is is it's an adventure game where you start off like at the first book type deal and then your characters grow throughout and it's like once you complete the first stage then you can move on to the second and the goal is to go up through like all the different levels and of course there's seven because there's seven books in the series Mm. i haven't had a chance to play it but it seems like it's somewhere along this nature that has like um 
where you're progressing throughout and you're unveiling more of the story as you play and unlocking things as you go. Mm. I think my only concern with that is like, what's the replay value on something like this? Like if you and Beerta go through it, um, is there something for you if you wanted to go through it again? Would you, or would it be simply like, oh, it's the same story, but you choose different characters or things along that nature? There is almost 100 storylines in this game. Oh, okay, in okay. The base game. That's almost, I think it's like 93, 96 uh, so-called dungeons. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we get to there, I'll let you know. Okay. Maybe we don't even want to replay it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there might be expansions. I'm not completely sure on that. I'm, I think there might be expansions for it. Um, so, so yeah, so I don't know when it comes to replay value, but what is actually quite cool is because what if uh, you come by next weekend and we want to play it? How do we do that? Um, so there is actually like a system where the world also sort of not levels up, but but you get like to a point where um, where we level where we get to like a, sort of like a checkpoint mm-hmm. um, for the world. So. So you can join us on the next adventure we go to, and then your character would start around that level where we are. Since you don't have to start from scratch, we don't have to start all over. You can just come in, join for one adventure, and then leave again. Um, so, so, so that's pretty cool. That you know, it's not that locked. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, if you want to experience the whole story, you need to you need to be there from start to beginning, uh, from start to end, beginning to end. Yeah. Um, one thing that's pretty cool. This is a small, small side note: is that you can actually uh, does uh, an app for the phone that um, where it basically just you know just reads out the story for you so you know oh. that each story has like an introduction and then there's usually like a trigger so when you do something like entering a new room or something there's a trigger that then tells a little bit about what ha- what's happening in there in that room um, and then there's an outro so there's an app for that that actually reads it up with atmospheric music and stuff like that which is pretty cool that you know I just you know just had to buy it just as an add-on. It was just really nice to just have to, yeah, you know. It seems like <laughs> this seems like one of those board games that you would want one of those really fancy board game tables to mm-hmm. go with it. Like you have oh, yes. all the space, all the little things to go with it. You could like put your iPad or something like inside of it, and then you yeah. hit a button on your side as the game master, and it like starts giving you that story, that exposition. I think that would be really cool. It's because of this game that we are going to look for a new house so we can have a room just for four games and a huge table. That's the only reason, Michael. There's no other reason I can think of. There's no other reason that that this is the reason. (laughs) So what made you move from the apartment? We needed a bigger table for Gloomhaven. (laughs) Exactly. So, but anyway, I jumped into the. There is also a PC game. Well, I don't know if it's PC only, but there's a computer game, um, video game uh, version of this as well, which is still in open uh, development. What's it called? Open access. Isn't it? Early access. Early access. That's right. Early access. Um, so, what I had to look into was that I didn't want to get spoiled on the campaign because obviously I want to play that on the board game together with my girlfriend. But there is actually. Uh, it, the campaign is not even in the game yet, um, but there is something called uh, Dungeon Master, I think they called it, where as at the moment, uh, because I played it a little bit yesterday, at the moment it seems like uh, I'm just unlocking new classes and I'm learning how just how basically how so sort of like a tutorial, but I think oh. there is like a randomized after that as randomized enc- encounters, so it's 
basically not the campaign. The campaign's not even in the game um, yet. Um, so you can totally play it and not get spoiled for the campaign. Um, I'm not completely sure how it works with multiplayer, but I think that there should be a multiplayer aspect in uh, for it as well. But I'm, I, I haven't tried it yet. I, I just jumped in just to see what it was. I was a little bit tired of, of World of Warcraft. I know, I know, mm-hmm. how is that even possible? <laughs> but I was. I just jumped in just to see how it was. And I mean, it it it, it plays pretty well. It, it plays like it, it just you know uh, uh, enforces that we understood the rules that we are actually playing it correctly so <laughs> uh, so so no i think it's definitely something that could be fun to play but i also do feel like it's a little bit um not as fun just sitting there playing it alone okay okay so that means that i have to get it um, <laughs> so that we could we could try out that uh that co-op because i think that it, it does go up to four people yeah uh, but and it is no longer on sale so Marty's betrayal is complete. Um, <laughs> but so, think about all the developers, Michael. They also need food on the table. I saw your hatred of Epic in the chat, so I don't want to hear about developer-friendly <laughs> things, okay? <laughs> but this is not Epic. <laughs> These anyway. are real developers. These are real developers, Michael. Wow. Okay, then. I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Um it sounds cool. I want to get into it. I'm a big fan of board games. I just don't get to play them enough. Mm. Um, I would like to try to get in there and uh, find more like two-player board games so that I can get Selena and mm. we can kind of play it a bit more. I mean, Gloomhaven, you can play it from one to four. Mm-hmm. It is definitely something you can play on your own as well because there's still you know the whole campaign element in it. Uh, I, I would recommend to be more though because I mean we have had some some trouble almost just getting through the campaigns where because when you 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 can run out of cards to play. I mean sure you you can um, you know get some of them back in your hand, but how the system works is that you, you constantly need to burn some cards as well. Uh, to so for, for you to be able to rest, you need to burn one to two cards. And mm-hmm. to get your discard pile back and stuff like that, so you will will eventually run out of cards. Um, so you either run out of health or, or cards. And I've been close. I've, I've I've been close to run out of health, and I have run out of cards. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's it's not it's not you know super super easy. It's not super super challenging either. But you know there have have been like that that second. Uh, a campaign mission we did. We were, we were close to not completing it. All right. Cool, cool, cool. I'm looking forward to jumping in there myself. Um, let's move on to the video game video games. Uh, I was, I'll stick it with a little bit of a dark theme that we had going on here with Gloomhaven. Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing Grim Dawn this morning. Um, we were kind of hanging out in Discord together while I was playing it. And for those that don't know, um, Grim Dawn is an actual, uh, actual, an action role playing game, an ARPG, which is, think of it along the lines of Diablo style. Hmm. It's a Diablo esque game, but at sometimes it feels a bit more like a Baldur's Gate style thing. Um, not super heavy in that RPG thing, but it does have some cool quirks that go along with it. It has a few different classes that you can do. Um, I went ahead and started up a Necromancer. And one of the cool things is, is that my necromancer has a gun. And this is the first game that I can say that I've actually been able to kind of marry those two things up together. And if I am correct, I think at some point you get to pick a secondary class as well. 
So you, I can be essentially a pyrotechnic that is also a necromancer, which would mean that it would enhance my gun skills as well as my necromancy. So I'm interested to see how the systems in the game marry each other up. And this game is more so a mixture of like Diablo 2 um, rather than like a Diablo 3, but it's much smoother than obviously Diablo 2 since that came out in the 90s um, <laughs> or 2000s. But it's a lot of fun so far. I'm really enjoying it. Um, obviously, with every ARPG, there is a little bit of learning where you learn the differences in wording that they use for common things as well as different uh, systems that they have in place. It took me an embarrassing embarrassingly long time to learn how to put an action on my skill bar uh, I don't even game I don't know how things work <laughs> but Grim Dawn if you like ARPGs and you haven't played it go ahead and give it a try I think that you'll enjoy it yeah I mean I'm just sitting here watching some images of it right now and it looks pretty cool it's definitely something that I, I think I would I would like to check out um, the only thing that you know the, the last game that I checked out in this Xiang where I wasn't super happy about, you know, so that I think that's the only only, you know, reservation that I have for it. Well there's uh, not as many bugs in this and it's definitely not as difficult. Okay. Okay. So, if yeah. it's if it's easy then I'm bored. <laughs> and fun fact here is that also within this game, if you get the mods and you do what you're and you do like the process that involves getting it, I think that there is a full Diablo Two remake that goes into the game and what's cool about it that makes it different than any other Diablo 2 remake out there is that mm-hmm. I'm, it uses the class system that uh, Grim Dawn has which yeah. means that you can dual class with the Diablo 2 classes that they have and I think a lot of their skills That's- are reworked that's cool. I mean, that's technically something you could do in Diablo 1 as well, isn't it? Where you could build like a, a barbarian, whatever, with two-handed weapons, and then you could throw fireballs. Mm-hmm. So like, that that's a really cool idea, and mm-hmm. I haven't played it personally, but it's really cool. It seems like it, it could be really fun to go like necromancer wizard type deal so you actually have more magical spells at your disposal or like you said barbarian jumping around doing their stuff alongside magical abilities like Mm. i always find that stuff interesting and i'm still waiting to find a game maybe it would be more of divinity original sin 2 where you could be a uh in old Final Fantasies, they were called, I think, like the Red Knight or something like that, or the Red Wizard, where you could actually be a battle mage. Hmm. Like, I don't think we've seen many good battle mages out no. there. Where, like, you can be wielding magic and also jump in there with a sword um, and shield, or maybe like a staff and shield, and just still kind of kick butt. Be Gandalf. Um, kind of, but <laughs> Gandalf never really like. His magic is more subtle, right? Like, mm. it's never really like he's shooting fireballs out. It's more of like he has the ability to change the flow of things. Yeah. Yeah. But that that's uh, Lord of the Rings lore, which is way crazy. So <laughs> we're not going to jump into there. <laughs> how, how is it multiplayer-wise? Does it have multiplayer or is it just single-player? But I haven't really delved into multiplayer with it, so I can't really speak on it. Okay. I apologize for that. 
what, Michael? <laughs> You're trying to sell me games, and then you haven't even, you know, found figured out all the important stuff yet. What the hell? <laughs> all right. So before we move on to like our topic that we kind of want to discuss today, I've been playing one last game, and I've only played a little bit of it, and this is King's Quest. This is the newer one that was released, and when I say newer, it's not new anymore. It's a few years old at this point, but mm. it's newer than the original King's Quest games, which were point and clicks way back in the day. Point and, and click pixels. Yes, um, I've always had trouble with point and click games, simply because sometimes the you don't item- know how to point and click. <laughs> I know how to point and click, but I just can't identify what I'm supposed to click at. <laughs> Or once you get an item, you need to uh, think of a way to use the item in your inventory to interact with the world around you. Mm. And it's not always very obvious. I know that like Grim Fandango has some ridiculous puzzles where I've heard people say like, I don't know how anybody figured this out like on their (laughs) own. It must have been like, it almost seems like some of those old school games were released with the intent of we need to release guides that go along with it. And we need a reason for people to buy those guides. So we're going to make it so convoluted that they will kind of be pushed into getting those guides. Um, This one so far has not had that issue. It's very quirky. The Mm -hmm. animation is fun. The humor is fun. I'm absolutely loving the humor that goes in with it. Um, The voice acting is spot on. And I'm having a very good time with it so far. Yeah. So far, I have to put that caveat out there because all it takes is one annoying puzzle for me to not <laughs> uh, continue on. But I will say that chapter one is free on Steam, and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm going through chapter one, and it's free. You can just go ahead and give it a shot and see if you enjoy it. That way, you don't have to put a monetary investment in unless you want to see the following chapters. Yeah, I think I have the first chapter on PlayStation. I think it was free on PlayStation at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I got it over there. I've played uh, through it a little bit. I don't think I've ever finished that chapter. I haven't bought any of the other chapters, at least. Uh, I And it's the same that, that uh, with you, my, as with you, that, you know, it seems funny. It has some quirky humor, and I, I really enjoy it. The only thing is that this type of games can sometimes also just be a little bit slow for me sometimes. And I, I think that's sometimes... Most likely the reason why I never uh, uh, cut further into this that you know I, I just need to be in like a spe- specific kind of headspace for me to jump on board on games like this. Yeah, I I echo that. I definitely need to kind of want to be in that mode and just kind of sit and chill mm. and enjoy the story and be prepared that I might have to spend a little bit of time figuring out what's going on. Yep. All right, that's it for what we've been watching and what we've been playing. So let's move into. Um, kind of some news that got released. Something we will be playing. Um, yes, depending <laughs> on what it is. Um, I mean, I'm probably going to play it anyway because this is Star Wars related. And mm. anybody who's listened to the show, you guys know that we like Star Wars. Yeah, um, I, I, I like it. You know. And I've heard of it. <laughs> I've, I've seen all three movies. Um, anywho... Um, <laughs> So we got the news this week that EA no longer has exclusivity rights to the Star Wars games. Insert celebratory sounder right here. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is really cool. So for those who don't know, for the last eight years, I believe they said, EA has had exclusive rights to um, Star Wars games. 
which mm-hmm. means that everything had to be published underneath EA or they would have to give permission for another studio to do it. Um, and it's been a rocky experience to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is that when you have no competitors, you are locked into doing the bare minimum Mm-hmm. and trying to get away with as much as you can the biggest issue being the launch of battle or not battlefield but star wars battlefront 2 mm-hmm. where it was ripe with a bunch of predatory uh, loot box schemes that would get you to pay a bunch of money and things like that and it wasn't the greatest experience that has no, sin- no michael i think you're mistaken i think that's called what is it lock mechanic locky mechanic something like that what is it they call it so it has nothing to do with, with loot boxes. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> so what is it? EA has like this thing. They're still fighting the fight for for for, for loot boxes and, and microtransactions <sighs> and stuff like that. So they're not calling that anymore. They're calling it something else where it's like lock based. So uh so not, so now it's completely different, Michael. It, it has nothing to do with, with you know the traditional you know bad bad loot boxes this is a way better system it's just a different name for um, a way to get our money but as i've heard the game is in a much better state these days um i've actually i played the game a bit and it actually is fun it has a really good single player mode as well but when there's so much negativity around it obviously people are not going to play it no Um, and we have seen oh go ahead yeah, no, I played the first one. No, that's not even true. I played the beta of the first one uh, because it was free to, to jump into the beta on PlayStation, I believe. So I, I did try it out. And yeah, sure, it was fun, but it's not really my type of game. So that's also why I never really jumped into the sequel, especially after all the news uh, that wasn't you know favorable for the game. Yeah, so EA has been having questionable uh, success with things and then Respawn which is a company under EA they actually made a very good game which we talked about last week which was mm-hmm. Jedi Fallen Order yes and of course we still have um, Star Wars The Old Republic EA mm-hmm. Bioware um, Star Wars Squadrons which recently came out um, the flight sim that is also out there and it got uh, decent reviews uh, hit or miss depending on who you ask but mm-hmm. it's all been EA and we got the word that one of Marty's favorite companies in the world um, <laughs> is, doing, is going to be doing an open world Star Wars game, and that company is Ubisoft. Yes. You know what? When I heard Ubisoft was going to make a Star Wars game, I'm both excited and worried at the same time. And it's not, you know, I, I like uh, Ubisoft games as a rule of thumb. Um, I, I really like the division, both both of them one and two. Two, I, I warmed up to when they when they got the the this, the season two of it when that came out, uh, Warlords of, of New York or whatever. It actually made the game. I didn't really, I was not really super into the base game, but when that one came out, pretty good. I've been a long time Assassin's Creed fan, um, but more along the lines of the older games, I haven't really been captivated super much with the newer games. I still want to check out Valhalla, um, but uh, the last thing that I heard was that it has a, a few mixed reviews as well. Uh, and and that that's it. You know, th- this is the, my exact point that you know Ubisoft can make some good stuff, but they can also sometimes just hist- uh, sometimes just miss the mark. 
Um, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to see what they want to do and what, what ideas they have, uh, because this could be really cool. Mm-hmm. But that's also sad of me. I was a little bit worried that they're missing the mark, as they sometimes do. Yeah, um, I'm right there with you in the sense of I was a bit confused when I saw that Ubisoft was the company that they had announced to go along with it. Like, hey, EA is no longer exclusive. We're going mm-hmm. with Ubisoft. Mm-hmm. Mainly because I think that Ubisoft makes good single-player games. Like like you, I enjoy the Assassin's Creed games. Hmm. But at some point, it seems like the Assassin's Creed games have done some microtransaction ideas that have people kind of a bit upset. Yeah. And they sell essentially experience boosts. Yeah. I mean, I think, but I think this is uh, definitely something that is true when it comes to the Assassin's Creed series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... And I might be mistaken because the thing is, I never pay attention to these things because I never buy them. But for instance, there or what what is it called the the, the first person shooter that they do? Um, Rainbow Six. No, the first person shooter where it's usually in a jungle or the the latest one was in in, in the American uh, countryside. Far Cry. Far Cry. Yeah. Um, actually, I really enjoy the Far Cry series mostly. Uh, most of them um, because it, 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 they are open world but they still tell a story and uh, at, at least in the newer ones there's, there's not you know a lot of you know random hey go pick up thousand feathers for no particular reason besides you know you're completionists uh, they, they, they don't really they have like small things like that but then, then it, but then it's usually tied into it to, so it actually you know supports the story mm-hmm. um, and, and the open world uh, missions and, and side quests are, are usually something that supports the overall story of the world. So I do feel like you know they can make a good open world game uh, uh, with a with a, a, a you know sing, single player story in it. Um, so so but but then you look at Assassin's Creed and you're like, what? Why? <laughs> Why yeah. are you doing this? My my biggest concern about that type of stuff is that. If a company is willing to put in something like an experience boost, then in what way are they limiting the game itself mm. so that it incentivizes people to get that experience boost? Because as much as a company says, oh, it's just there for those that don't want to spend as much time doing side quests. It's like, okay, mm. well, how much emphasis are you making people do those side quests in order to progress? Yeah. Um so because you're not just going to put something in a game to sell without an incentive to sell it or a re- or a way to kind of get people to even think about getting that. It's like when you play a mobile game and they yeah, it's easy in the beginning, right? Like you're getting energy left and right, you're getting all these <laughs> materials, and then you start hitting a point where it's like it's like, "Hey, you're not getting enough money to upgrade your characters. But if you go over here, you could pay a dollar." five dollars mm. and mobile games especially the star wars one that i play get really egregious with it where yeah. i don't I, think any game should have one hundred dollar yeah exactly uh, like i should be able to unlock every single thing in your damn game for a hundred dollars <laughs> on a mobile I, game come on now so i've seen mobile games where you buy you can buy currency for like 700 uh, danish kroners which is yeah, it's probably close to a hundred dollars i think where i'm just like that is simply too much. I wouldn't. That's not. I wouldn't even play 
if, if I were to pay that much money for a single game, then it needs to be like a World of Warcraft expansion and it needs to be a lot of stuff in it. Yeah. <laughs> like extra stuff, uh, cosmetics and whatnot, what, what else they put into that super digital deluxe bundle, whatever, of the game. Uh, so, so yeah, I'm I'm with you. Some I wouldn't even call that a mi- microtransaction, by the way. There's no, no micro about it at all. <laughs> um, yeah, and the worst thing about that type of model is that they put in a lot of different avenues for you to spend your currencies. Mm. So unless you know the ins and outs of the game itself, you can easily burn through all that stuff that you just bought and find out later that it in no way really helped you get to the yeah. thing that you might want to do later on. One, one thing that I hate to see in, in when, when they do these kind of things is also sometimes that um, it doesn't matter what it is. It could also just be uh, cosmetics, but sometimes, you know, if you want to buy a cosmetic, they, then they price it in such a way. So, you know, you, you need to buy currency. You need to buy maybe at least a thousand of the, of, of the orange gems. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and to, to be able to get one item, you need to, to spend, you know, 1100 orange gems. And it's, and you know, when they do stuff like that, then I'm like, you know what? I, I, I'm out of here. This, this is just, you know, I, I, it's annoying because that obviously means that then, you know, either buy the package, which is one higher, or buy two of, of the initial packages. And, and that's just, you know, that's just bullcrap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when they do it like that. Um, and actually, I, the, one thing that I would always prefer is that if I want one specific item, that I can go in and buy that specific items for real-life money. Mm-hmm. That's a system. Then I would spend way more, uh, much more money in the game. It's, it's how Heroes of the Storm used to do. Mm-hmm. Which meant that I spent a lot of money on cosmetics in, in that game because I could just straight up buy the stuff that I wanted. But these days they have that real currency system again now, where you know you you need to buy a, a thousand of the orange gems to be able to you know unlock this stuff, and it, it yeah. the pricing is weird, and I always always end up with too much or too little of the mm-hmm. gems, and I'm like, yeah, no, no, I'm out of here. Yep, I completely get it. But let's move on to a little bit more of a positive thing and. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about what what this could mean for like the Star Wars games moving forward. Um, now that they're not locked into just EA, like is this just EA and Ubisoft, or do you think that now that Lucas uh, Lucasfilm Games, I think that's what they called it, mm. um, Lucasfilm Games, will they expand beyond just these two and look at other avenues of who else can create a good Star Wars game? I would certainly hope so because I would I would love to see something a little bit more creatively. That means that we we've seen so far, mm-hmm. we've seen like a, a Battlefront game makes sense. I mean, it's not like it's a bad choice. It makes sense. We have seen mm-hmm. Squadrons, which makes sense. Uh, so, but I, I would love to just see someone thinking a little bit out of the box, not necessarily just go for you know. Uh, the title where we make them the most bucks in the in the fastest way, but maybe try and be a little bit creative because with this the universe is so large that you could do so many things. One thing that I was I was thinking about that one thing that I would love to see was you know something similar to XCOM in in the Star Wars universe. That could be cool. It's def- it's something I would play I, and I would play 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 the crap out of that kind of game. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know maybe I'll see a little bit more creativity. Uh, it could also be, you know, 
I, I don't. I, I probably don't. I can't really see them going this route. But it would be cool to see. Maybe, maybe they'll pick an indie developer too, and see what they can come up with. Of like, you know, a little bit, you know, on a, on a smaller scale, but still Star Wars games. Because you know, it's a huge universe. There's a lot of fans. There's a lot of different kind of fans to play different kind of games. So that's what I would love to see. A little bit more creativity than we've seen from EA. Yeah. I would like to see uh, two things specifically. One is kind of the same thing that a lot of other people are saying, which is, where's that Bounty Hunter game? Uh, <laughs> there was talk a while back about a new Bounty Hunter. I think it's like 1313 or something like that mm. that was supposed to come out, and it never saw the light of day. We haven't seen a Bounty Hunter game since Bounty Hunter, which came out, I believe, on the Xbox PlayStation 2 and the GameCube, and that was about, I think, Jangle Fett, if I'm mm. correct it's one of them i think it was jango fett but it's old it's old now um it's hard to go back to that type of stuff so i would like to see like a really cool bounty hunter game either following like a boba fett or jango fett and with the success of the mandalorian Mm. now you can go you go full in on the whole bounty hunter thing like people are involved in that type of thing right now so go ahead and do that um obviously i'm not really going to go into it but people want to see maybe hand the reins of like Knights of the Old Republic franchise like to to something else maybe um not necessarily the MMO but KOTOR 3 mm. but that's still EA Bioware stuff um but separate from that I want to see a company do another platforming side scrolling game um it's been shown that people still enjoy side scrolling platform games especially like mm-hmm. the Metroidvania type games um they still have a a wide fan base if it's done well Hmm. Um, and they used to have them on the old super nintendo where you could play star wars or it was like super star wars and super star wars empire strikes back and they were notoriously difficult and Hmm. they still are i've tried to go back and play them they're still bone crushingly difficult i would like to see something like that redone and let's see where they could take it i don't know but on your XCOM thing i really think it'd be cool to like different eras of battles within that type of style like i just Mm. imagine commanding a bunch of clone troopers like through like the clone wars and things like that and different Mm. battles that we might not have seen um or elaborate different battles that maybe uh the clone wars tv show showed yeah and i would love love to see but i think it's probably not a a, a genre that they will go after straight away because it is a a, a genre that you know most big companies have deemed for dead at the moment but rts i mean i know we already do have one uh, an (laughs) older version of star wars as an rts but i would love to you know this this universe is like perfect for for an rts game um so I, i would love to see that um happen for instance and then and you know what i would love to see them throw more money after uh, the old republic because it's still a good game mm-hmm. and I, I feel like they can still do so much more and i, I definitely feel like oh you, know, you, you can you can really sense that they haven't given it the most love it's still you know it still gets updates it's still a good game there's still things happening but i would love to see way more happening yeah I'm I'm right there with you. Like it's no secret that we both really like Star Wars: The Old Republic. It might not be something that we're on every single day, but I still I, have a subscription going. Me I'm still too. getting my cartel coins. I still jump in and I still have stories that I want to see. I'm still returning to it. I'm, I'm and funny enough, I'm playing through the Bounty Hunter version right now. I uh, don't know why. 
Um, who knows? I mean, no one's into bounty hunters. <laughs> Not like that's a big thing right now or anything. I think one last thing this is kind of definitely a no-go um, in sense of like who would really do this. But what about like a city builder Star Wars style where like you're building up different planets and each like you could target like oh this planet is more like Coruscant where it's city based it's um it does all like the government stuff and then you have another planet that says or maybe you're building up the empire and mm. your goal um maybe it's like a civ style game or something i was about, to, I was about to tell you how about civilization star wars edition yeah that could there's so many different things that they could do it's just are they willing to put like the risk factor mm. of like like games like civ like yeah they're popular but do they really attract like a main group of people and i feel like companies um like lucasfilm and things like that they're not willing to give give to like the smaller niches as much mm. and i wish that they were but i mean i understand why because they're money-based right like um mm-hmm. what get me money uh what are people playing that's why some companies move away from single player games because single player games don't make as much money unless there's some form of content to keep people engaged afterwards yeah but but no i'm i'm definitely looking forward to see what's coming out of this and i definitely hope that you know as i said that they they want to be a just try to be a little bit more creative with, with what they're putting out. Yeah. All right. Um, do you have anything else to speak about today, Mario? Because I think we're rolling up on the uh, on the time here, and I think we've gotten a lot of a lot of good stuff today. We did. I, I don't think I have too much to 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 add, and by too much, I nothing. I have nothing. All right. <laughs> um, so once again, thank you everybody for joining us on another episode i think i'm just gonna forego all the numbers i'm not gonna say them anymore i think i said that last week too and i still did it this week but i'm gonna change the header on the show notes at, at some point you'll some point will remember or i'm just not gonna do it anymore okay that's easier i usually tend to go the easy route right? Let, um, let's not put any more shows out and then we don't have this problem <laughs> ever again um, right um <laughs> Thank you all for coming by. We really appreciate it. Um, if you would like to tell us what you think about this new expansion of the Star Wars game universe, be sure to let us know. And you could do so by emailing the show at two nerds, maybe more at gmail.com. Or you can find us over on Twitter at two nerds, maybe more with the number two in front there. Or you can check out our website, which is two nerds, maybe more.com, which has this episode as well as all of our previous episodes that you can check out to see what random thoughts we have on any given subject go ahead and check those out if you want most likely star wars or world of warcraft yes you will hear a lot of star wars and world of warcraft Star Wars Warcraft. (laughs) uh, we'll catch you all in the next episode that's all that we have for you today so thank you take care and we'll catch you next time Bye. bye I love that we both had to wave to the camera. It makes it so that you know that I'm about to say bye. (laughs) This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.